by finances, investing, estate, and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances and with Kathy and Jennifer. Welcome to Finances and Millionaire Habits. I'm Jennifer and I'm here with Kathy. What are the habits of those who have amassed millions of dollars for retirement or who are on track to do that by retirement have in common? We'll share the most popular here. This is not a simple process. It does require dedication and the drive to make this goal a reality. You know, unless someone was born with millions of dollars, this effort is something that's worth it, but it is an effort. It's not just something that you decide today to do and hope that you're able to do it by retirement. You're going to need to make some plans for this. Just the other day, I was invited over to someone's house and I met a young man who is going to graduate college in May and he is in the ROTC ready to join the Army. We started discussing his options for his retirement plans in the Army. And so when we got to the TSP contributions, which is the government and military's 401k, he immediately said, I mean, just immediately said, I'm putting the whole amount in. And I said, well, that's $19,500 a year. And to do that, he would have to contribute $1,625 a month for that. And as a second lieutenant, he's going to make $3,287. That is actually half of his annual pay. And he already knows that's what he's going to do. He knows that he's going to save half of his pay and that he's going to start off by living on basically $1,600 a month. And that's before he's even started work. So it was pretty exciting. Man with a plan. That means if he works 20 years and retires, then he'll be done at age 45. Then he'll be able to retire with half his base pay. And at 4% interest, his $19,500 will grow to $846,000 in those 20 years. He will be almost to his million by age 45. Of course, he can put money in an IRA as well and grow that once he's not putting half his salary away. So as he continues to get pay raises, it won't be half of his salary. If he continues to put that amount away each year and he gets out and contributes to a 401k at another job, he's going to have $4.17 million at 65. You go, Josh. That includes no match for the first 20 years if he chooses that pension option. And that would give him in his retirement each month, $7,773 to live on. Wow. So having a spending plan like Josh is the most important part of becoming a millionaire. It can be as detailed as you'd like, but planning out your sources of income and the ways to save, which could be including investments, IRAs, 401ks, all that is part of your plan. Put it on paper. You can do it electronically or on real paper, but put your plan down, write it down. And this forces you to really come up with a way that makes sense to you to to be able to go to work and make this happen for you. So you can include options that might be a reality for you, not just like save $1,600 a month. You want to list exactly where it will go and what rate of return you expect on that money that you're investing. And also write down when you plan on retiring as your goal. This way, as things come up that alter your plan, which they will, you can make needed adjustments. 
Another thing we need to do is decide how you're going to save. You need to figure out the vehicle that's best for you or combination of vehicles that's best for you because each one has its own risks, returns, and reasons to use. Commit to putting half of any raise that you get into savings, and that way you'll still be getting more money in, but you'll be guaranteeing that your savings will also continue to grow. Remember that you want money in a few different kinds of buckets, different types of investments to plan for shortcomings in certain years because it will happen. Stock prices will go down. Things will be uncertain. But if you keep things in many different diverse areas, you'll be able to weather out those storms. Pay off your debt. Owing 8% on a student loan or 22% on a credit card or both is just money that you are basically giving away. If you have been putting money in a savings account and getting maybe 1% on that return, you'd be lucky to even get that. Then you're still losing 7% on the loan and 21% on the credit card. These are debts that you can have for multiple years and they don't help you reach your goal. So we're not saying don't have an emergency fund in case you lose your job, but be sure that you're not carrying loans because you can. Instead, pay them off and invest in you. Another idea is don't overspend what you bring in, right? I guess this is just sort of common advice. Don't spend more than you make. This is the mirror of what Jennifer just said. Buy only what you can afford in a month. You're welcome to use your credit cards. Just make sure it's something that you can pay off each month. Your spending plan is you committing to what you should be able to do to reach your goals. There can be some give and take in your plan, but Gifting is not an emergency. Neither is paying rent or making other purchases that you do each time. Saying that that's an emergency and taking money out of an emergency area is not what it's for. Be ready for purchases, whether they come up monthly or they come up annually. Create intellectual property. That's something that no one else has. This can be something like writing a book writing songs, scripts, or creating art, design, or design tools that someone needs, like a tradesman, so a plumber or electrician or other craftsman would use. And these intellectual properties can allow you to apply for the rights to a patent, a copyright, or trademark, and you'll get paid when others use it. So this is a chance for you to be creative and find other ways to make money. Consider investing in real estate. This can be tricky, but if you start small and don't spend beyond what you have allocated for this, you can slowly grow your portfolio. And this is something that my husband and I are really interested in. And we've mentioned it on here before. We started out with our first house, a very small, rather inexpensive house in a, in a rather inexpensive area and are now able to rent that house out. And so that's that's part of our portfolio and that's part of our plan to continue to grow real estate income. You know, you can also find ways to increase your income. Be careful of selling things like home party sales, plasticware, crafts, candles, make up jewelry. They can make you money, but there is a huge level of failure for sales in this. In fact, 95% of the time people fail at this job, according to Forbes, maybe because they're not actually a salesperson and it seemed like a good idea. Maybe because the product itself isn't selling where you are, or there's too many people selling it in the area. So it's, it's not a terrible idea, but be aware that there's a high chance of failure. In other words, that this is not going to be your side hustle, huge moneymaker. Instead, maybe consider a job or a hustle that doesn't require you to buy any inventory and go ahead and just work for someone else. And I, I know some people who have been very successful selling things like that. So I would say they, they have a real dedication for it. 
if you want to dedicate yourself to that, I say, you know, find a mentor, find the people who are doing it really well and talk to them and you're going to have a much higher chance of being successful. I know I've done that in the past and I just bought more of the product than I sold. So it was not successful for me. And I didn't have the drive to seek somebody out to, to make it a real side hustle. Yeah, I like the advice of finding a side hustle where you don't have to invest as much, I guess, to buy the inventory in order to make money. I too have done that in the past and I don't believe that I ever really broke even maybe once, but I love your idea of seeking out someone who is successful at it and really listening to them and what it takes to be successful. Because it's not just, I love this product, all my friends will love it. And in fact, they will buy so much of it that I won't be able to retire on this money. It's hard work. It is another job. So anytime that you're putting yourself out there in that way, be prepared for that extra effort. Not that going to work for someone else is not also going to be extra effort, but there's just a different mentality. You leave there, you're done. When you're trying to work for yourself, you're you're never done. Another piece of advice is to read. Read up on these topics if you're interested in them. Listen to podcasts on the financial topics you're most interested in. Knowledge is power. And the more that you can learn on these topics and the more that you can do to educate yourself, the easier it, it is to make decisions about your own financial choices. So we have a few book recommendations for you. One that I know this is the book that I read, what inspired us to move into or to invest in real estate. And that was Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. So another one, actually another two set of books that I enjoyed, they both had cheapskate in the title. And there's two different authors then. So Jeff Yeager wrote some books about being a cheapskate and so did Mary Hunt. They're very different. Jeff Yeager in his cheapskate books are talking more about like what we are talking about here. Mary Hunt, on the other hand, talks a little bit more about advice on buying used things go thrift shopping, stay in and not spend all your money, you know, play games as something that you would do as a family. So just two different aspects, but both of them have reached their financial goals. So, you know, just different ways of trying to reach that. And then the other book that we recommend is called The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas Stanley. I've heard it referenced so many times. The Millionaire Next Door is is not the person who is driving the nicest car and living in the biggest house. The Millionaire Next Door is the person living in a small house and driving a rusty old car. And that's the person who is actually saving and investing their money and is the millionaire next door. Also, take advantage of your 401k matches, similar to what we were talking about at the very beginning of the podcast. It's common for employers to match 50 cents to the dollar when you contribute, say, up to 6% of your salary, they might match up to 3%. Of course, that's going to depend on where you're working and your business will happily tell you what they're what they're willing to contribute, but it's free money. So make sure you're at least contributing the same thing that would allow them to match their max. So an example is if somebody is making say $50,000 a year and is saving $450 a month towards their 401k, their match, if they're matching at 6%, would be a total of $250 a month or $3,000 a year. That means that your $450 and their $250 in that growing in that 401k will allow you to become a millionaire in roughly 
34 years. And in fact, by age 40, it could grow to 1.6 million. Make sure that you are utilizing all the free money you can, which means not paying interest and taking money that other people are willing to give you. For your 401k, after the age of 50, you can put an additional $6,500. And that's true for this year in 2020. And it will also be true in 2021. We've been talking about 401ks, but IRAs can also help you with your saving towards your goal. You can contribute up to $6,000 for a traditional or Roth IRA, or you can split it amongst them within each year if you earn less than $125,000 per year or $198,000 jointly. And then after age 50, you can contribute an additional $1,000, which would give you $7,000 a year. This $6,000 max, though, is across all your IRAs, not each, which is what I was saying before. You you can put it you know, a little in a Roth, a little in a traditional, but you cannot go over that $6,000 threshold. IRA contributions are also capped at how much you made. If your income is $3,000, you cannot contribute more than $3,000. Even, for example, if somebody gives you a gift of additional money that you wanted to put in there, you can only contribute up to what you made or $6,000, whichever one's greater. So our final piece of advice is to hire an advisor. This does cost you money, but meeting with a certified financial planner will absolutely be what will help you the most. They will look at five big areas of your life, insurance, investing, taxes, retirement, and estate planning. And you'll share your financial information and your goals. They will come up with an individualized plan for you. This one step will offer you the biggest benefit towards your financial goals. We will continue to say this over and over again, but meeting with a certified financial planner to help you look at what is true for you is going to reap you the largest benefit. You can meet with them annually. You can meet with them only when a life event occurs. Maybe you have a baby or you get married, or you can pick every five or 10 years if you have to wait that long, especially if nothing else is going on in your life that would change whatever they've told you the first time you've met. But they will absolutely be able to look at literally What kind of insurance do you need in your situation? What kind of investing should be done? How to maximize the tax planning for you to minimize how much you're paying in taxes? And then look at what you're going to have in retirement and help you with sharing the wealth once you've passed. So all of these things are going to be covered by a CFP and it is the biggest gift that you can give yourself. Anything else? You can't shake your head. No, that doesn't work on podcast. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Finances and Millionaire Habits. We know you chose to listen and we are grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share and consider leaving a review because it helps bring financial education to others and it lets them find us more easily. We are so grateful for those of you who have left reviews and for the listenership that you guys have provided us. Thank you. Please let us know what questions you'd like answered by going to our website at financesand.net and letting us know what those are. You can find infographics on these topics here in the show notes and on our website website. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax accounting or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school so you don't have to. The real estate empire.